Hello, and welcome back to the Profit Roadmap. Uh, I am Bear Duplessis alongside Cody Owen. We just, uh, we've had some spectacular guests uh, on our wonderful little podcast that we've got going on, Cody. But today, we've got a very special guest indeed. With nearly 30 years of software development experience, Chief Technology Officer and Co-Founder of Service Autopilot, John Caldwell, originally partnered with Jonathan Potoshnik in 2000 on another project, but Service Autopilot has been nearly 20 years in the making, thanks to the vision of Jonathan and our very special guest, Mr. John Caldwell. John, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's absolutely awesome when we have... uh, we have our bosses in the house. It just makes me really nervous, and I, you know, I, I get the shakes and and things like that, and I have to drink like an extra gallon of water, and I, I start sweating. Bear, Bear can't keep his hands steady right now. Right. Well, and that's why I've got them under the table. But you know, I, I, I thought that was a nice little introduction, and you're the writer in the room, and I thought you'd be like, you know, great job, Bear. I don't know. Maybe we should have the writers. Okay, write. that's true. But you and know, who is great at writing? Not things. necessarily the English language, but at writing software is our guest, John Caldwell. John, um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you right off the bat was um, when you uh, and Jonathan had the vision of Service Autopilot and uh, were going forward with this particular project. What was what was one of the biggest solutions that you wanted to create for the service business, service care business, or industry rather? Um, well, we really had to focus on, of course, the scheduling portion of the software, uh, but our our ultimate goal was something we just realized in the last couple of years, which was the automations product, uh, a marketing product along with um, the ability to build other customized solutions within the software to solve problems and automate your office, basically. So one of the biggest questions that we wanted to ask specifically was why service autopilot and why not get like a custom software yeah why can't i call in as you know abc mowing and tell you i want software that does xyz in exactly this way and then i'll give you you know a hundred thousand dollars to just make that happen for me so first it wouldn't be a hundred thousand dollars right um it takes a lot of effort to build custom software uh, it also takes a lot of requirements gathering and um, contract negotiation, right? Because we got to make sure that what we're building is what you want. And also that you, we don't have a lot of change orders so that we're not being uh, flooded with a lot of changes that we're not getting paid for. So, you know, that takes a special skill set. It takes usually a bigger company to focus on that. And it's just something that we're not really uh, set up to do as a company. We, you know, we need to focus on the larger user base, a larger member base, where um, where their leverage is for us, right? So there's not a there's not a lot of leverage in building custom software for for one company, basically, because um, because of the effort and the amount of staff that it would take. And then you're it's kind of back to you know, uh, it's just a different business model altogether than building a software as a service that's built for a platform as a platform for a lot of businesses. So it's just not our business model, and that's why we don't support it. Well, you kind of answered the question. One of our follow-up questions to that was why Service Autopilot doesn't build custom or doesn't custom 
uh, develop. You kind of answered it there for us. But that kind of leads us into another thing and it's something that I'm very fond of saying in the sales division and and, and, and in the, when I was working in support as well is that we do have um, the ability to receive feedback from our members uh, in, with, uh, with product feedback. And uh, uh, there is a s- section specifically that I usually notate. There's, I mean, there's been product feedback that's been useful throughout the entire software program. Uh, as you'll attest to here in a moment, John. But uh, one of the sections, one of the features that I particularly note that feedback has really helped us as a company is in the feature of reports. Uh, Now, you probably can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe 75%, give or take, of the reports that exist, exist because of product feedback. Is Is that correct? Yes. So we do focus a lot of the reports on product, through feedback, through the product, um, but some of the problems with that is that we build a report for a specific company or a set of companies, and maybe they don't report exactly how another member reports uh, revenue, or maybe they back out some variables that we're not backing out of the report. And so it makes, as we build each one of these individual reports, and it makes it feel like the reports don't tie out when really they do tie out for that particular member because of how they wanted the report built. So that's back a little bit to custom software. You know, once again, you have to take that look of what this is doing for all your members. And then you have to get enough feedback to make sure that it's serving everyone. And uh, sometimes we fall short on that and we don't get the right number of feed, the right feedback from the right people. And so it makes, um, particular members feel like it's not calculating correctly when it is calculating correctly based on the requirements that we had at the time. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was on the phones, I talked to a lot of people who were like, I like this report, but I want you know this extra variable added in, or I don't need to see this column. Uh, and we didn't really have a way for them to do that at the time. Uh, to like edit it themselves. Not without like and, custom fitting, like exportation and, and melding stuff together. And sometimes, and even that sometimes wasn't the perfect solution either. So yeah. And I mean, we don't want people to have to pull something out and do Excel and combine multiple reports. Like at that point, you might as well calculate it all yourself. John, are we ready to announce what you talked about at the conference to the general public? Yes. So we have a new offering that's coming out hopefully in the next month or so, uh, called Report Center. And Report Center allows you to build ad hoc reporting on your data. So you can uh, summarize the data on the columns that you want summarized and on and group by the fields that you want to group it by. And you can also do calculated columns. And the cool thing about calculated columns is you can use those columns in other calculations and in filtering as well. So... Um, once you build your data set, you can then build charts and cross tabs on top of it and publish them out in dashboards and uh, as standalone reports and share them within your organization. And you can decide the granularity of sharing. So you can build a custom dashboard for uh, a particular role in your company or for a particular person. Like the president can have a different dashboard than maybe the accounting department. The other cool feature about that is you can use the components that we built in Service Autopilot as part of your report center. So if you like our reports and you want to share them with a specific role or person, you can share that report in a dashboard, or you can take our dashboard items and build them into your dashboard as well. So So, it's a really great offering that we have coming out. So we're keeping all of the existing reports. So if you rely on those to run your business, you still have those. Fred not. They're not going anywhere. Fred not. We're not taking them away. 
But what we're adding is essentially a sandbox for reports, right? So you can build exactly what you need and then you can see your data the way that you want to see it. Exactly. So if you don't like the way that we aggregated data or the way that we reported on it, you can change, you can build that report and change it basically to reflect your needs. If you need columns in a specific order, you can move those around. If you need different aggregation points, you can do those as well. And all these things are basically exportable to Excel as well. So you can take it and dump it into Excel and build other items from it as well. But hopefully you'll be able to build everything within Report Center. Awesome. What I like about this is that you can actually customize a dashboard for specific roles in the company. Because I'm, a, you know, as everyone knows here, I'm, I'm the sales guy. And, you know, to be able to pull up my dashboard and see where my sales number are for the week, the day, the month, the year and have those numbers in front of me, especially if I have goals that I'm supposed to be, you know, supposed to be hitting, you know, if you've got your sales staff and they're supposed to be hitting certain quotas, you know, this is, this is the ticket. This is the ticket to, to really put that dangle that, you know, that proverbial carrot in front of them. Like, here, here it is. Here's, you know, here's, here's where you're at. Here's where you need to be. You know, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing more motivating than, you know, putting them, you know, putting something right in front of them uh, because they can't, you know, you know, at least from a sales perspective, you know, and it, this could be applicable to any any role necessarily, but there's no excuse to say, well, I didn't know where it was at. I didn't know where these numbers were at. The accounting department can't say, well, I didn't know that. Well, you know, they've got a dashboard, custom-made dashboard that's got those numbers smack dab in their Bear, face. are you saying that hash marks on a sticky note are not how you want to keep track of your success in your job? Oh, I mean, that's how I do it, you know, everywhere. I mean, I just... I actually have a carrier. I, I wear a white T-shirt all day, and I have a sharpie. And I just every time I chalk up a victory, to make sure I just that we know myself. you're worth. Exactly. I mean, uh, I mean, who? I mean, if you if you want to know how great you are, I mean, it's it's just the easiest way to do it. It's just to keep track as as visibly as possible. Um, We've yeah. actually had a, a certified advisor, Ryan Chipman at Schneider, has built a lot of sales board or sales. Uh, person dashboards for his sales team and and has utilized the report center and helped us kind of flesh out all the requirements and all the data that we need to provide so that he can build those reports. That's one of the cool things about report center also is we're going to integrate it into marketplace. So we're, some of the reports we'll build in the future will be able to be downloaded from the marketplace into your, into your service autopilot account and you can customize it and get the data that you want out of there. Awesome. So just one more way that like the community that uses Service Autopilot can come together and kind of crowdsource things that they're looking for. Exactly. And they'll be able to do that with automations as well. Yeah. Well, hey, John, I know that uh, really you quick. were telling me about the report center, it, it reminded me of a story about someone that I know that we both uh, admired. Uh, so back in the early days of the Mac computer, the team that Steve Jobs was working with to develop, uh, you know, the various little default softwares that were going to go on the Mac, they were working on a calculator. And the guy who was making the calculator was going back and forth with Steve every day. Steve would be like, make that a little wider and move that here. And I don't really like that color. And so the guy would come with a new design every morning and Steve would go, no, that's not what, that's not what I meant. You know, why are you doing this? This is wrong. This is ugly. And finally, the guy comes in and he developed for Steve a thing where he could basically just drag and drop the elements of the calculator where he wanted, make things the width he wanted, dial in the color. And he called it like the Steve Jobs roll your own calculator. 
And then Steve got it exactly where he wanted it. And that's how the, uh, the Mac shipped. And it took like five minutes once he was able to do it himself. And that's what we're doing with reports now. Exactly. We're putting that power in your hands to develop what you need to see, get your data for your business in the form that you need it in. So there are a couple of subscription level um, things that we should talk about with Report Center. Um, first, with uh, startup, they will we've they will get basically um, Report Center, but they won't be able to do any ad hoc customization. So the reports will all be on all one location now, fully searchable, so you can easily find the reports, but you won't be able to do any ad hoc customization of reports. Okay. And the pro membership. Um, it basically has the ability to do all the ad hoc reporting, plus it has the centralized location of all the uh, reports that is in a fully searchable list as well. The only uh, thing in Pro that is held back is the ability to schedule the reports uh, to be emailed to you on a on a daily or weekly basis. I didn't and, realize that was a thing that we're doing. That's awesome. Yeah, and then in the next membership, which is not have does not have a name yet, uh, Pro Plus is what we're calling it until we actually get a name. <laughs> until we come up with a, we Sorry, trademark and register Barry's the name. laptop is trying to fly away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, apparently, yes, that's interesting. Yeah, hopefully the noise filter gets that out. You guys don't, <laughs> don't hear Bear's laptop just flying uh, away. Sounds like a takeoff. And then the Pro Plus membership is where you can actually schedule reports. And the Pro Plus membership is also where automations lives as well. So that's a new membership level that we're coming out with in January. So, and it really, it relates to, the size of your company, right? So if you're if you're a startup and you're just servicing a few clients, you can kind of keep track of your numbers on that granular level or may not need to keep track of them yet on that granular level uh, manually. And then a pro member needs access to those things. And then when you hit a level where you're trying to automate the business, you need the ability to, to send the reports to yourself uh, so that you can review them from the beach maybe. And so, it kind of ties in with automations as well that were automated, the automating the delivery of your reports to you. Yeah, I was going to mention that you kind of dropped that in subtly. This is something that's been this is something that's been worked on for quite some time now, and uh, it's been a vision of yours uh, to to push through the automations feature of Service Autopilot. So that's that we're finally on the uh, we're finally on the dawn of this this new beginning, or the uh, we're at the end of the of the beginning or however you want to call it. I don't know what metaphor to use, but so now uh, we're going to be end of part one. <laughs> we're going to be releasing the automations feature, which has been a long time coming. And uh, again, uh, one of your, one of your visions uh, for service autopilot and direction of this company specifically. Uh, talk to us a little bit about um, what our members can expect uh, for this particular feature. That's going to be rolling out um, how it's going to make their, their lives easier. Before, before you talk about that, could you reenact the moment at the conference when you announced it, just give everybody listening at home a taste <laughs> of what that was like. And Bear and I will be the crowd. Okay. So we're proud to announce that automations is finally coming out of beta and we'll be taking on new clients. <laughs> I brought my baby. Will you kiss it? <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. So automations is, um, really, um, a big part of what we wanted Service Autopilot to be from the beginning. And it basically allows you to build logic engines to help service your customers. So a great example is that when you have an invoice that goes past due, it 
can automatically start putting them into a campaign to collect that invoice. So it can remind them at three or four days past due that they need to, you know, get payment to you. And then as you move through the automation sequence, you can make that tone of your emails more um, strict or more harsh to try to toward the picture of the guy in an alley with a crowbar. Exactly. Trying to, (laughs) uh, trying to get the, to try to get the client to give you a response to pay that invoice. Basically another great example is on estimates, estimate follow-up. So you can remind the, the client that you've sent them an estimate and at certain intervals, you can send them emails or text messages to remind them that, Hey, you know, we sent this to you. We talked about it. And are you going to, are you going to basically close this estimate for us? Another um, good example is creating to do's for your staff. So as part of the estimate phase, you can create to do's for your staff to uh, follow up on the estimate for your salesperson to actually make the call. So they don't have to remember at five days out or 10 days out to make the call to follow up on the estimate service autopilot can help remind them. Yeah. So there's, there's possibilities are, you know, in, it's such a, that's such a tired cliche, but the possibilities are endless with something like automations. I mean, there's, it's, it's an incredibly powerful tool. It's, it's no question why it's been something that's been highly sought after and highly, you know, worked on so hard by you and, and your team there in the product management uh, office. It was almost uh, like the rest of the software had to exist so that automations could be born. It did. I mean, we started working on it in 2009 and actually the, uh, or 2010. And the guy that we just hired, Michael Kiger wrote some of that code originally. Now we didn't use any of it, but so we were working on it in 2010 and then 2013 or 14, we had a false start where, uh, we did the UI, but we never did the back end. And then when we started on automations, we actually leveraged that user experience and built on top of what was built by Clayton back in 2013 or 2014. So John, this is something that I've always said, and 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 if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm the dumb one in the room, and we we've kind of figured that out pretty pretty early on in this whole podcast thing. Um, and uh, so the when I've when I've talked about software development specifically to people, and the one thing that I've always said um, is if something sounds simple, it's usually incredibly difficult, and if something sounds incredibly difficult it's usually fairly simple to implement in terms of software. Is there any, is there any correlation to that? Is there any truth to that? Or is that, you know, is that just an overcomplication of a simplification that I've made? Well, I think one of the things that frustrates my team is that I think everything's simple and has a short timeline because you kind of have to believe that to start a company, right? You can't believe that everything's difficult and that you'll never get it done or you'll never actually start the company because you'll just figure what's the point? We're never going to finish. So we don't have enough runway. (laughs) We don't have enough runway. Exactly. And so, you know, um, that's just part of being a founder is you have to believe that you're going to get there. You're going to finish these things. And automations is kind of part of that where, you know, um, we basically worked on it and we decided that, you know, we needed to focus on the core technology and service autopilot and not on the automations piece. And so we had to scale it back. And then when we did the UI, again, we didn't have the resources to actually go build the engine for automations. And we were working on some of the other core features. And so, UI, just again, because I'm the dumb one. What is the, UI? I'm sorry, for? the user interface. User interface, okay. Yeah, so we did the front end. We did the, the screens. Th- thank you. I'm, 
I but, got you. I got you, Bear. I'm just helping you sink your claws into it. Get your thank paws you. all yes, around I'm it. Yes, I'm all around it. So we had to, you had to do this. You had to update that first before we could implement something like much larger on a much larger scale like automation. Well, we did the front end and then we decided that we needed to scale back and really focus on, once again, the core technology. We we did some things within that same time frame, like Snow and then Forms came out shortly after that. We felt like Forms was part of the stepping stone to automations because they're so uh, intricately uh, are so inter- intertwined. Yeah, yeah, they're in, they're in, they're they're absolutely. Uh, and that was something you got to build I've, all the pieces of the Swiss Army knife before you can put it together into a Swiss Army knife. Right, and that was something like uh, when I first started here, and I was like learning the system, and uh, you know they said, oh, you know, automations is something we're working on, blah blah blah, and I was just like, well, the forms thing does some, you know, does a lot of stuff automatically. That in my mind, that's automated. <laughs> like you know, I was like, we've already got some of it, and you know, I had to tone back my vocabulary there because I was getting people overexcited about something that wasn't necessarily full full blown automations and stuff. But for one second, you mentioned Ryan Chipman, one of our certified advisors who helped has really helped on the reporting side. And then we have another certified advisor, uh, Mike Callahan, um, who's really kind of taken automations on head on and 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 really, you know, pushed it forward with this company Simple Growth. What's it been like to have folks like Ryan and Andrew and Martha and Mike to be able to lean on um, for uh, when it comes to the product development side of some of these features? I mean, all of our certified advisors are great. I mean, it's been just uh, exciting to work with them on all these features because it just gives us a voice for the for the member base, basically, to come in and help us understand what they're looking for in their business, the things that they are looking to solve. And, um, you know, Lot of, and they're really good about thinking about everyone and not just focusing solely upon their business. So in the sense that they're not looking, they're not self-serving, looking to solve their problems. They're trying to help everyone solve problems within their businesses and what makes the most sense for the largest portion of our member base when we're doing these things. For example, like automations is a very complex system where, um, it can be. It can be very, very simple, but it can be very complex. It depends on what you're building, and um, if you're not, if you don't have the time to dedicate to mapping everything out on paper, deciding what you want to build before you build it, then maybe Mike Callahan is the best option for you, right? Because he has a set of predefined automations so he can come in, install them in your company, and you'll be up and running in a few days. Where could you build them yourself? Yes, but it may take you months to build out what he's built out in advance for you. And so, he's been refining them as he's, he's gone. Refining. Yeah, exactly. So he has a twenty days to close, basically. And I and he he thinks that he's uh, his numbers are that he's improving fifteen to twenty percent close ratio uh, just by installing that automation. So do you want to get your fifteen to twenty percent this year, or do you want to spend a year? developing your automation so you can get 15 to 20% or maybe you're not, maybe your automation is not as good as his automation. Maybe you only get 10 to 15%, but there's a cost in, uh, of, of lost time, right? So there's an opportunity cost that you're losing by waiting that year to get it implemented in your company where you could have it up and running this spring for this coming year. And so what does 15 to 20% mean for your company? Is it an increase in, 40 or a hundred people. I mean, that easily pays for Mike's services and the automation product as well. With oh, absolutely. Well, just the, I mean, 
I mean, I've said I've had a lot of experience in sales, obviously, and you know that that magic threshold is is turning your your twenty percent into twenty five percent closing, or even to a thirty percent close, which is a remarkable number and a number that is is achievable. But it's it's you have to really perfect your and hone your hone your your craft, your skill, and you the product just has to be there to back it up. Luckily, we have the product to back it up. Uh, that's not a problem. So, but if you can get um, that extra five, 10, 15%, I mean, I mean, we're talking about a very, very large number in terms of overall revenue and profit in your pocket. Um, you know, 5% doesn't sound like much, but when we're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the, the lifetime value of that client, I yeah. know at least in, in lawn care, uh, it's all the about retention lifetime value of a client is $4,800. If you're closing an extra one out of every five leads, Mm-hmm. That's five grand all day long. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, on average, like some clients last longer; they're worth more. Some clients, yeah, but forty eight hundred is a good, yeah, it's a good calculation of that. I mean, just add that up over, you know, over the like you said, one out of every new five, you know, five quotes that you send out. And if you've got automations turning out these quotes with these follow ups and the twenty days to close, like Mike was using and everything like that, it's not like you're putting in the manpower. You know, the yeah. system's so doing it for you. We've talked a lot on the Profit Roadmap about the, important of put, the importance of putting in place uh, processes in your business so that, you know, every estimate we send out should have this kind of follow-up. This is, the, this is our game plan. And what automations gives you is guardrails for the actions that your team has to take. Like, if we can't make a phone call for you yet. We're sorry. We're working on it. Uh, I probably shouldn't promise that. Alexa like voice. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be your I'm not voice sure that we're they're going to use. Okay, or <laughs> Alexa. So we can't, we can't make a. Uh, we can't make a phone call that gets for creeped you, out but we can Alexa. create a to do to remind your employees to make that phone call to do that follow up and then email follow up, text follow up. We can automate those things, and so that's the like self driving car capability. And then when your team needs to take over, we've got those guardrails that remind them to do what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, I, I totally agree. I've, I've always felt like automations, if you implement automations in, or into your company, it will force you to follow the process because if you create them properly, you'll have a lot of to-dos that are being created for your staff. And either you're going to have a bunch of open to-dos because you never did anything. That's a red flag, right? I mean, you should you should examine why you created this sequence to remind you to do something, yet you never do it. Or or they will do the process that you've implemented. And I like what you talked about, Bear. I mean, if you think about Mike's 10, 20 days to close, if you just implement it and it immediately gets you 20% of the 30%, that's without you doing anything. What do you have to do for the other 10%? Now you're hitting that close ratio that you want. So right, some absolutely. of this is just free, not free, but free process by implementing Mike's 20 days to close are pulling down the automations that we have in the marketplace. I think there's no have, labor cost on it. Yeah. No, what's worth it? What's it worth to you? You know, at that, at that point, you know, that was something, you know, um, you know, John, you know, I came on board last year at the, at the conference last year and I sat in on your, um, your uh, introduction to automations uh, seminar at that time. And you were explaining how it works. And of course, everything was flying over my head at that point. Um, but at the time I saw that I saw the absolute potential. I was like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, foundation work here but you know as you explained and you're like okay as soon as this happens this happens and then this happens and this happens and i'm my my mind was already turning at that point from the sales perspective i'm like well i can sell this because like you you build this very simple 
you know, automation tool and it, and it does all these things for you. I mean, just imagine the imagined time, the time that a program or a process like service autopilot already saves you. And then this on top of that, I mean, you're just going to be able to do so much with your business, so much with your family and personal time. Let's not forget that too, because that's important as well. It's just going to be a, an absolute game changer within the game changer that already exists. Yeah. It takes a lot of menial tasks that are easily repeatable and replicable in software and takes them off of your staff. Imagine what your staff could do if they didn't have to uh, do all of these menial tasks that automations can replace. They can be working on things that only humans could do for you. Uh, And that means that they're doing higher level work, which means that they're going to become more efficient. They're going to become more profitable. They can learn new skills and do better things in your company. So this is not just a ticket to the owner having more time on their plate. This gives employees more time to work on more profitable things in the business. So last year I was out at Tom Gillespie's office and he equated um, automations to building a robot. And it's very similar. I think of it as we created a bunch of Legos for you to use in the building of a sequence or an automation to do these things for you. And you just decide which Legos and what order to place them in to accomplish the task that you want. And that's why it's so important to map it out for you. But once you do this, it's going to run in your business forever until you turn it off and it's going to create the task and it's going to send the emails and send any alerts or text message teams. So we have a lot of things like if you use the waiting list, a good example of, of an automation is if you use the waiting list very heavily, we have an event that says when something is moved off the waiting list, you can, send a to-do to your salesperson to contact the client to let them know that we're about to come out and service that property. And so you can use it as part of your operations team to notify the sales team when something is about to happen. And like if you're doing quarterly fertilizer or something, that's a really good opportunity to send a reminder to the sales team like, hey, we just moved this to the dispatch board. And maybe they're interested in an upsell that you could combine with that quarterly fertilizer. You're already coming out. So this is just your opportunity to pull a few more dollars in. And, yeah. You know, do you need your heads trimmed? Do you need some more flowers in bed, you know, in your flower beds, et cetera, something like that? For sure. This, I, this... I, I just wanted to point out one other thing. If you tie forms into that as well, then as your team is using your mobile app, they can fill out a form and based on a response on a form that can start an automation to maybe upsell them for a bush trimming or maybe they have grubs or maybe they notice that the oven is very dirty at the house and it needs to be clean and that can all start this upsell campaign just by an action of the team member in the field filling out a form when the job is completed. That's awesome. Yeah, th- this kind of reminds me of what we were touching on just a few moments ago. I-, I had a story. I was actually speaking to one of our prospects who was looking at Service Autopilot, and I was communicating with the owner via email. And he says, hey, I want you to talk to my admin. She does. She's my right hand. She does everything, and uh, she's going to be one using this. So I want you to contact her, talk to her about it. Well, I, I gave this, I gave this her, his admin a call, and, I mean, this this person couldn't be less interested in what I was talking about. I mean – and I was like, well, how would you, you know, how would you like a solution for this? How would you like a solution for that? How would you like a solution for this? And I wasn't even touching on the the, the, the ingenious stuff we're talking about now with automations. I was t- talking about, you know, what what's currently operational within our software. And I mean, she couldn't be less interested in what I was, what I was, what I was pitching. I mean, I was throwing up, I mean, I was throwing up what I thought was grapefruits and, you know, yeah, it was just, it was absolute, it was an absolute, uh, 
swing and a missed phone call. And I, and I felt kind of like lost. I was like, this guy seemed really excited. I thought she'd be on board too. And, um, he, I, I, you know, followed him up with an email. I said, Hey, I talked to her. She didn't seem very interested. I guess we're not going to be a good fit. I'm sorry. I apologize for wasting her time, wasting your time, et cetera. And he con and a week goes by and he finally contacts me. He's like, Hey, you know, we, we need the software. We need the solution. And I was like, well, you know, you're, I was like, you know, I'm not about to fit, fit in a square peg into a round hole. Your team doesn't sound very excited about it. You know, it, it sounds like you've got some good processes, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, and he's like, no, we don't, we have, we have terrible processes. And I said, you know, I was like, so what's the deal? So I finally got the owner on the phone and we had the conversation and it was because she was worried about like legitimately, I mean, this was a legitimate concern. She was worried about proving her worth, you know, proving her worth in it. She didn't, you know, it wasn't the fact she didn't want to learn a new system. She was afraid that it was going to replace her job. And, you know, I said, you know, I, so I, then I flipped the script on, I said, well, how would you like more time to do this? How would you, what would you rather be doing with your time? And it became all about that conversation. And then all of a sudden, you know, the record was flipped and the, you know, the song changed and everything. So it, you know, for all those people out there that are worried about that, and that that's an actual real story, but what service autopilot can do and what this function can do that John's been talking about is absolutely create just entirely more projects for you to come up with more is to improve your profit and ways and different ways to improve your worth and frankly ways that you'd probably rather be doing mm -hmm. than the menial tasks of scheduling and following up and and things like that no if one you can have is doing the same thing over and over i mean i guess some people do but <laughs> i don't something about the definition of insanity right um but John, it, it, in close, in, before we wrap this up and everything, is there anything um, on the horizon other than what we've already kind of discussed that that you're particularly excited about with uh, with any projects that's going on? And it doesn't necessarily have to be on the project management side just because you happen to be in charge of that particular area. But I mean, anything in particular that you're excited about with our members, our, our company as a whole, anything that you'd like to share? Well, I'm, I'm really excited about where and the industry is moving, building artificial intelligence into software. I can see that as something that will be very impactful over the next few years. Maybe we can help you make some better scheduling decisions, help you maybe decide who to assign team members to, you know, uh, when jobs come in and get created in service autopilot. Um, you know, just artificial intelligence in general is a really fascinating area. And it's something that we're you know, keeping our eye on and making sure that um, if we need to implement something in the future, that we're ready to do that. Our AI just, you're talking about artificial intelligence, like with like automatic mowers and cleaners, like. Well, no, more even in the software realm. Oh, in the software right? realm, okay. So, you know, um, there's, uh, Google has a, a machine learning engine. There's Watson at IBM. Microsoft's delving into it now. So a lot of people are giving you infrastructure to build artificial intelligent models. And so how can we, how can we leverage some of that, um, some of those engines that are being developed by some of the big three players in the industry? And what, what does that mean for our members? Basically, can we help you make better decisions? Can we help you understand your clients and, and how they're communicating with you better? What are the things we can do in the software and leveraging things like Google and Microsoft and IBM? to make those decisions. We want to make Service Autopilot more than just your scheduling, invoicing, CRM. We want to have it be able to help you make good decisions, right? right. Exactly. 
Exactly. We're, we're setting up service autopilot. I think you see it with automations where we're making things more automated, moving things uh, forward for you where uh, you don't have to be involved with the day-to-day of following up to get an invoice paid or following up to get a, an estimate completed. You know, we're trying to automate those tasks for you, help relieve some of the, you know, some of the uh, employee pressure that's on your business, the labor problem that's exist in the industry and trying to move, help move you forward with those tools. Well, John, we really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today. Uh, for anyone that's interested, this is actually the first part of a 30-part series that we're going to be talking with John on a number of different levels. And this is just scratching the surface, guys. We're going to have a lot more fun in the in the coming uh, coming uh, parts of the series with, uh, with uh, the Chief ne- Technology Officer, uh, John Caldwell, here. And... Um, you know, and we might even learn a little bit about Fun John and, and his journey uh, from uh, the very beginning to where it is now. And uh, it's uh, it's it's really exciting to see uh, the next chapter for Service Autopilot and what's uh, what's coming in 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 the in the te- the realm of technology and everything. So, John, we really appreciate you coming by today, having a few words with us, and uh, I know that our listeners uh, also appreciate it as well. Thank you. Yeah, just a just a wrap up, real quick, guys. Uh, we don't normally do episodes that are so service autopilot centric because we want the podcast to be about giving you guys value uh, that you can go and implement in your business, whether you use service autopilot or not. But we firmly believe, Bear and I believe, and everyone here at Service Autopilot believes that if you implement automations in your business, it will greatly expand the potential of your business. So Bear and I felt strongly enough about this that we wanted to go ahead and make what, what amounts to a pitch for service autopilot to you guys. We both work here. So obviously, you know, yeah, we we're, bias. I mean, it's obviously biased, but yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, that's important to know that, you know, when we refer to automations, it's not necessarily specific to service autopilot automations. There are, but know, ours are the best. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I'm not even referring to software. I mean, there are other automation things that, you know, where they make your life easier, um, just in your general course of life and Man, stuff. I cannot wait for the day that I can buy a robot Butler. Like I'm going to drop Every dime I have to get the fanciest robot butler, I'm going to dress him in a little tuxedo. He's going to carry champagne around, maybe empty glasses because I won't have any money. Kinsey's going to leave you, you know. Why? I have a robot butler. No, I'm saying. Why would you leave a guy who has a butler? No, I'm saying she's taking the robot butler with her and you'd be without one and you would have just dropped everything into it. But hey, you do your thing. It's your life. John Caldwell, uh, our Chief Technology Officer and Co-Founder of Service Autopilot, joined us today. We really appreciate it again. John, thank you so much. For everyone out there, this is the Profit Roadmap. I'm Barry Duplessis. He's Cody Owen. The robot butlers are coming. (laughs) The robot butlers are coming. We'll see you next time. The music in this episode of the Profit Roadmap was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, incompetech.com.